source says, the, the world doesn't need saving. You know, we're here for the imperfection. We're here for the, uh, the things that we consider suffering are actually serving our expansion. We just have to have a higher perspective of it. And that's what, you know, this, this podcast is all about. So I apply the same logic when COVID came around, we went to Mexico. Uh, we went on a vacation to Puerto Vallarta and we were happy to go. And there were friends of ours that were just completely freaking out that we were going, you know, get home. You shouldn't be down there. It's crazy. Why are you going down there? I'm sure people thought we were stupid, but we went down and had a good time. It was kind of nice to go back. This was, uh, you know, in the middle of the toilet paper shortage. And we went there and it was just kind of business as usual. And we had a good time. And then we ended up having to cut it short because things were really spiraling out of control here. And we were worried about the borders being closed. But since that time, I simply, I haven't participated in COVID and I haven't been impacted by it directly other than the fact that I still have to wear a mask everywhere I go. <laughs> and I try not to push against it because I know that if I hate wearing the mask, that that's going to be a problem for me because if I really, you know, anything that you turn into a, anything you demonize, anything you turn into a transgressor, you're going to give it that power, right? Okay. So Melissa Monte from Mind Love, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, it's a lot of fun being on your podcast. Uh, you have a very popular spiritual podcast. Uh, I, I was told that it was quite a, an achievement to be on your podcast by my agent. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's the word around the block about my show. It's better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah. So let's kind of dig into that a little bit. What what uh, inspired you to start your podcast? My podcast was really born out of what I realized I was most interested in. And I became most interested in in the power of the mind and really making a purposeful life and, and realizing we have more power than we think we do because I needed those realizations to get out of my own struggles. So I had had a really great life until about age 15. And then I was sexually assaulted for the first time. I ended up losing a really close friend to suicide soon after I lost my dad soon after that I was sexually assaulted again. And then it ended up in a situation where the beliefs that I had developed about myself and about the world because of these things and not knowing how to process it ended up leading me to a life where I was basically self-sabotaging for a while without really realizing it. I was making bad decisions. I didn't really value myself or my life. And when I hit rock bottom from that was in an abusive, uh, an emotionally abusive relationship with somebody who landed me in jail for his crimes. And so I ended up, uh, moving to get away from him and and then rebuilding my life from what seemed like scratch after I had ruined it in a number of ways. I was really suffering from a really heavy eating disorder at the time. I now had a felony on my record because of this person uh, for a crime I did not do. And, and I needed help. And so I just started reading a lot. I tried therapy that didn't really work for me. I was more of a, a self-help type person. I like to uh, work on my own time and, and find the things that work for me and not anticipate what I think they're going to say or how they're diagnosing me. And so I ended up becoming the person that all my friends were always coming to for advice because I had seemed to have dealt with something and I dealt with it very openly uh, with my close friends. And so uh, through that, I ended up 
looking for something that would give my life purpose. And I started doing all these cheesy purpose exercises and it led me to my podcast. I liked to talk more than I like to write. I wanted a reason to network with inspiring people. I was always reading anyways. And so, um, from there, uh, it's really been all uphill in a good way. <laughs> so a climb after that of, of just, uh, really being grateful for the work that I've put in. Very nice. Very nice. And you, um, you have a way about you in interviewing that you're just so open to talk about anything. And I, I am like that as well. Uh, you know, we don't like uh, limiting, uh, the stream ever. Uh, and I'm not afraid to get into something that is taboo or controversial because at the end of the day, we're all thinking the same thing. And if we're removing fear, I always talk about removing fear and judgment from the equation. If we're removing fear and judgment, what is there to fear in having an open discussion about something and, and listening to someone else's point of view? And we, we live in such a polarized world and, and we hear from the stream and, and you know, certainly know that why polarity exists and how it serves us, but we see examples of it everywhere where it's, it seems like you have to be on one side or the other side of a topic and you're not allowed to be in the middle or have any gray area anymore. And I am so gray. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a gray in the middle man. of everything. I completely understand what you mean. And uh, I think that's kind of dangerous because I think it comes from a place when I notice that I feel fear or judgment or really when I feel triggered, I guess, because a lot of times it's a, it's a number of emotions wrapped into one by what somebody else is sharing with me. If I sit with it and I allow myself to actually see where is this coming from? What emotions are actually here? It feels like some sort of threat to existence. It's like, wait, if this person is true about what they're saying, then, then something about my existence is threatened, which is really ridiculous when you break it down, but that's what it always kind of comes down to. It's like, why do you need to convince that other person for you to feel okay right now? Like what's underneath that? And if people ask themselves that question, I think that they would be surprised <laughs> often. It's like the, you convincing that person is not going to change your reality at all. It's not going to suddenly make all of the issues go your way for the rest of existence. So the work you could be doing that would be a lot more helpful for your life is to be receptive to it, not feel change, decide whether you want to feel changed by it and just let it be, let it be okay that we all are existing with these different views. Yeah. It's, it's so funny how we, we always want to apply some sort of one size fits all solution or belief. And it's so obvious this is not a one-size-fits-all environment. We are very different. There's a range of opinions. And since everything is vibrational, you know, these opinions sort of wax and wane. They, they flow and, and there's just no, this is the right way and the only way. And, and I think we get a lot of that from religion in our mm -hmm. society. And, and we're seeing that over and over and over again, it's not working for everyone. So this one-size-fits-all answer I don't think it applies in any scenario. There's always some no. sort of a and variation that can, that can shift your focus or your opinion. Right. And one thing I've always, I've recently realized is even if my views about something are extreme, 
it is in my best interest to also have the other extreme there because through both of us, we're going to balance each other out. I've seen myself before go down the rabbit hole of something and you start to develop or I start to develop these deep beliefs and then and then it goes further and further and it's like if you would have given me control of the universe at that moment <laughs> i don't think i would have done the best thing because i got too extreme with my beliefs but to have somebody over on the other side doing the other extreme thing that maybe you can't understand that's what's going to bring you back into balance and that's always usually what happens with my beliefs is when i learn something new i go really really deep and i feel extreme and then i kind of take a step back and i start to even myself out and i think if we all kind of did that step back at the same time we'd realize that you know some of the things we're fighting for it deserves a fight on all sides yeah i like that and thinking about you know the formation of an opinion about something and needing everyone else to agree with you, that need to be right. And I talk a lot about, you know, ego, not that I, I'm not one of these people that thinks that ego is a bad thing. You know, I, I, I believe that ego serves us to a point, but we need to balance that with our soul consciousness. And when we're doing that, we're sort of operating at our best because we're not needing to be right. We're not needing someone else to agree with us for us to feel, like you said, to, for us to feel good about our opinion that everyone has to agree with it. It's just our opinion based on our experiences and our point of view. And that applies really to everything. And there's there's no one size fits all. And I just, I, I can't get over how much people think that their way is the right way and that everything seems to be politicized. You know, especially here in the United States, everything is politicized now. And it's either, you know, if you're like this, then you're on that team. And if you're not, then you're on my team. And it's not, a, you know, the, the life is vibrational. The world is vibrational. So when you are caught up in the vibration of a topic and you are aligned with that, it makes sense to you. You agree with it. It works for you. But you can shift your vibration on something. In fact, we do. You know, we move through vibrational flow. That's why when we're, you know, down in low vibration, we behave differently than we are when we're up in, in more positive space. That's why we say things we don't mean when we're down there. Well, you do mean them. You just mean them down there. And then when your vibration goes up, you're you are almost literally, you're a different vibrational being for sure. And then you look back and you're regretful about something you might've said or done, but at the time it felt like the right thing to do. That actually recently happened to me. Uh a couple years ago, I got in a political argument on my own Facebook post. <laughs> Somebody came at me with a different opinion and we got in a little discussion that was probably slightly heated. And through the events of the last year, my political views have shifted a lot. It shifted really towards center because I, I was trying to balance out the polarity. And so I took a step back and really ventured to see all the other sides of the beliefs that I thought I had. And instead of moving me closer to one side or the other, I, I ended up right in the center. And so I actually went back to that person and, and we're still friends. It wasn't like it caused any sort of relationship barrier, but I went back to her and I was just like, I just want you to know that a lot of the things we discussed two years ago on my Facebook page, I've come around to, and I actually see eye to eye with you now. Isn't that funny how that happens? And I, I was just vulnerable with it, but I look at a lot of these things, the polarities that we have, like Imagine if we were running a, a company like this country or our world was a company. When I worked with companies, a lot of times I'm the marketing person. Well, in a big company, you might have somebody who's also the sustainability person and somebody else who's the finance person. And so 
each person is focused on the thing that's important to their role. And I think that's how we are in life in general, where there's certain causes that are really important to me. But if we put those front and center, there would be a lot of things that are missed, like the other things that our country needs to be run. Like if I was only focused on sustainability in the company, and we did all the things so much to where the company was no longer making money, it's not a successful company. Well, if we look at that in, in our country right now, like, yes, you're going to have the people that are really focused on the green aspects and then the money aspects and then the welfare aspects. And we need all of those things. And one of them might not be more important than the other. We, they're all just equally needed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's, you know, in politics, unfortunately, you've got the two sides that are sort of a, at a tug of war. And sometimes I look at it as maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's good that a whole lot isn't getting done because of this tug of war, because some of you, it, it seems like they can be really extreme. And the extreme ideas and the stre- extreme presentations seem to gain a lot of traction with voters. Because mm-hmm. again, you know, this person is, is as extreme as me, believing what I believe in either direction. And I'm going to get really excited about them. And that's who I want to be my politician. But really what you're trying to do is force your beliefs on everybody else. And that's on all sides, as opposed to someone that's more centrist, like you said, that is more, you know, that maybe clean energy is the way of the future. But maybe we also need to look at a a responsible way, you know, to to sort of transition to that and not just say that, you know, everything that is, uh, you know, the old way is all bad and this is all good and that's it. I'm a car person. I really am into vehicles. And of course, electric cars are becoming much more popular now. Tesla is one of the most valuable uh, companies on the planet. Certainly the most valuable car co- uh, company there is. And it's one of the newest because they, they, they exclusively build electric vehicles and they've really disrupted the industry. But there, it, there are some downfalls. You know, it makes the consumer feel good to have an electric car. But there are a lot of arguments against it in you know what's producing the electricity that's powering the car and how are you uh, what, what are these batteries going to do you know what are the chemicals in the batteries going to do the environment so there's more to think about than just feeling good that we're not putting you know tailpipe emissions into the environment but th- there is more to think about in all of these things overall is it probably where we need to go seems that way because you know it's it, gasoline is is eventually going to run out. Oil is eventually going to run out. So we need to move to this. But just all of a sudden saying that I'm on team electric and electric good and everything else is bad, you know, it's just not like that. Uh, We we have to develop technology and we have to explore things and we have to sort of be open-minded that there's two sides to every story and and just being on the left or right of anything. I used a very... uh, very benign example there. But we actually, before we went on, we were talking about something that's much more polarizing. And that is this new hot button topic out of seemingly nowhere, the idea of banning uh, transgender women from women's sports. The, The topic is not something that hits home specifically for me. But as an openly gay person, I certainly want trans, you know, trans people to have all the rights that they want to have and, and have equal opportunity in society and be able to express themselves however they want. But then you hear the other side of the sports thing, and you can't just say that, oh, well, they should just be able to do everything. 
Uh, it was interesting. I was uh, on TikTok over the weekend, my main source of information. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, me too. But I love TikTok. I, know what I, mean. I love so TikTok. I. Well, it's actually informative. I have learned things on TikTok and I've discovered people that are very insightful on TikTok. Uh, and I like being on there. I need to post some more. I haven't posted on there in a little while. Uh, but there, somebody was talking to Caitlyn Jenner, who is, uh, you live in California. I think Caitlyn Jenner is actually running for governor of California yeah. right now and yeah. asked her that question. And she said she does not think that trans, trans women should be able to compete in women's sports because it's not fair. And, you know, who better to ask than a trans woman who is also a very famous athlete that opinion? Yeah, she's actually fairly conservative from what I understand, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I think I've, she's I've identifies as a Republican. Yeah. I've thought about this too. And, and as a woman, there are a number of things. I think it's also exacerbated because I just had a baby. And so all of a sudden, like, I am feeling my womanhood in a way that I haven't before where, you know, it never really mattered to me, but now I'm like, yeah, I'm a woman and I just gave birth and, and this is amazing. And I, and I feel empowered by the fact that I'm a woman and that's not to disempower any other gender or what somebody wants to be identified with, but it gives me pride in being a woman. And it's at the same time where I notice a lot in the media where woman isn't even being said anymore. It's like pe persons who give birth, persons who menstruate. And it's like, what if we did that and also called out women? Because, you know, women have been carrying this, this load for a long time, you know, like give us our word and then also add another one. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with that also. But to, to strip me of my title is kind of what it feels like. And, but I also realize I'm not transgender and I try to stay open to the voices of other people who are coming at this argument with a different uh, mindset about it. And one of the things I, I have to stop and think about is just like, well, why is the transgender in sports triggering me? I do not have a daughter. <laughs> I, don't, I am not in sports. And so maybe this isn't my battle to fight. And so let it go. But I, I do feel myself being like, oh, that's, that's not fair. And if I did have a daughter in sports, I feel like I would feel even more, um, it would feel even less fair, I guess, uh, it's, it's a tough thing to, to come about because it's like, what do then we add another, a whole nother group where it's like, okay, well, this is women's sports. This is transgender women's sports. Is there enough people for like, it's just, I have no it's idea complicated. what the answer is. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the reason I love digging into it because it's not just black and white that, you know, should, should everybody have equal opportunity to pay and housing and employment and educate? Of course, of course, of course, of course. Why would, why would, any person that's doing, especially what you would call spiritual work before any kind of discrimination. And as a gay man, of course I'm not. And as a human being, of course I'm not. But this is a more complex issue because then you do get into the viability of biological females. And I don't even know all the proper terms. I can't keep up with the terms anymore. Uh, you know, I'm turning into an old man now, I'm 53. So now it's getting away from me where I'm like, I don't even know all these terms. Somebody was uh, put in a podcast request and it was like these different types of sexuality and I had to Google them. <laughs> I'm like, wow, there's so many now, you know, there's not just straight gay anymore and, you know, different things. I had to Google a couple of words. You know, you think, you know, all of this stuff and, and there's even more words coming out to describe things. So there's complexities to our existence as human beings. We're very intelligent creatures. So we create these complexities and it's sort of like we created all these complexities 
around what you're like a templated life, you know, social engineering, uh, the stream calls it society building, you know, that our governments and religions have been doing for years. You know, you're told that as a woman, you're supposed to dress a, a certain way, behave a certain way, even have certain types of careers and interests. And as a man, you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. And obviously, again, there's a lot of gray area in that, that, you know, who says that a man, a biological male can't have long hair and wear makeup and dresses and, and high heel shoes if, if, if that's what he wants to wear. And then if he wants to identify as a she, I'm not going to tell somebody how they can identify themselves. But it's getting, it's getting to the point where it's, it's, it's the, the polarity is starting to show in it because the voices are being heard. And it's not something where people are, you know, hiding in the shadows. And, you know, it used to be this way to be gay. You know, gay men were all in the closet. I still know gay men that are in the closet today, but not nearly like they used to be. And of course, being my age and living in Palm Springs, I know a lot of gay men who lived as straight men early on in their lives until they just couldn't anymore. And they had their kids, they got divorced, and now they're with men. And that was their lives for a while. I decided early on that I just wasn't going to do that, that I was just going to be my authentic self come out of the closet, this is who I am, take it or leave it. Uh, it impacted my career choices, it impacted a job that I had, uh, it impacted my relationship. You know, I told my mother I was gay, I never spoke to her again for the rest of her life. She never spoke to me again uh, for 20 years. So, you know, you, you've got to be willing to stand up for who you are and, and express yourself the way that you want to be. But at the same time, the world does have to catch up to this, this new way of being. And it's not just an easy black and white, everybody's the same, because then if you've got men that are born men competing in sports with women that were born female, and the, you know, the structure of their, um, whatever you wanna call their musculature is not the same. And it's, it's just not going to be a, a level playing field. And I don't believe life is fair. <laughs> I don't like to live in the illusion that life is this fair thing because we're in a polarized environment. But you know, when we have organized sports, there, there are things to talk about. Now, do I think this is something that politicians need to be spending their time on right now? Probably not. You know, there was a, a politician from some state in the South, um, maybe Kentucky, uh, on this interview. And again, this was on TikTok also. And this woman was interviewing him saying, okay, you are last in this, 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 and this in your state. And how many instances have you even had that you're aware of, of a trans person wanting to pretend zero? You know, it was this preemptive personal, um, you know, sort of tapping into personal prejudices, uh, you know, feeding that narrative type of, of bill that was presented for, for no real reason, you know, why create a problem when a problem doesn't even exist? Right, that's come up with a number of people I've spoken to where it's like, you'd think with as much as this stuff is in the news that it's one of America's most pressing issues. But when you're really looking at the percentage of the people that this affects, it's a small amount. Now that's not to say that those people should go unnoticed or, or whatever, that's not even my decision to make. I also think it's important to recognize that we live in a country where the media is extremely polarizing, more so than anywhere else in the world. There was recently a uh, somebody analyzed all of the media coverage during COVID, and almost every single country balanced out 
positive and negative news. Like it was negative when it was negative, but if they were on an uptrend, like things were getting a little bit better, their people knew about it. Whereas in America, 89% of the media was negative. And when, when we were doing better, oftentimes the media around it got worse. And part of me wonders if that's, you know, to put more fear into people to just keep them obeying the orders or whatever is happening. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to trust those things. And so then it's like, well, this is the number one thing in the media right now with the transgender issues. Is this so that we click on it? Is this so that these media companies don't that like they know how to make a polarizing headline? They know because fear sells and emotions mm -hmm. sell. And so that's what they drive towards. And, and there was a whole expose recently done on CNN. And they said that this next year is all going to be about climate change and the fear of climate change. So expect to hear about how the world is ending very soon in the media and also expect to question some things. <laughs> I know that's an important issue. It's something that I care really care a lot about. I just also don't like being lied to. And so it's hard to know yeah. when we're being told the truth or when the thing that we're told to focus on is even important at the time. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about climate change to me is I don't think that we need to be, I, the earth environment, I believe, is going to always take care of itself. Mm -hmm. And do I think that we're destroying the planet? I personally do not think that we're destroying the planet. I think we are littering the planet for sure. So I don't need the fear of the destruction of humanity or the destruction of the planet for me to realize that we shouldn't pollute and we shouldn't bury garbage in the ground and we shouldn't be throwing garbage out in the, you know, I love the planet. I love nature. So I want the oceans to be clean and I want, you know, for us to recycle things if we can, have less plastic in our lives, put less emission in the air and, you know, all of that stuff. It's just common sense to me. So why do we then need to be feared into behavioral changes? It's more of what's available to us, um, you know, the, 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 the consumer demand that's not rooted in fear, I think will drive more change than trying to, to instill fear because that's going to polarize people. Because there are people that are still, that are arguing for continuing, you know, emissions the way that they are right now, when we know that that's not a good thing. There's just no way that putting that, you know, gas into the air is, is good for us to breathe. It's just not. And, and, and gosh, in LA, you, you see the effects of it just because of the, the climate and the mountains around that city, you know, when all of that gas gets trapped, how nasty that can be. And during COVID in the beginning, that got a lot better in LA. You know, the skies were bluer, the air was cleaner, you know, but we don't have to, we don't want to breathe that stuff. So why not look for alternative ways to, to run vehicles? Why not look for things? But I'm not going to run in fear of the planet is dying and we're killing the planet. And, you know, there's a lot of fear inducing stuff out there. And I see that, like you said, in the news media, it's clickbait. You know, here's something very polarizing. Either you're, you're pro-trans people and you are, you know, very passionate about this and you're going to click on it or you're anti-trans and you're going to click on it because we've crafted a headline that's going to trigger both sides for you to go and read the article and flip through all of the ads that are paying the bills. There's nothing wrong with paying the bills, but you know, allowing yourself to be manipulated into behavior based on fear, you can get a hold of that in your life. Or even being manipulated into a group based on what you feel at the moment. And I see this happening a lot. Like you said, anti-trans or pro-trans, you can question some of the laws that are being passed and, and look deeper as to the overarching 
view of who all something is going to affect affect without being anti something, you know, and, and lately it's like, if we question anything, we're thrown into this whole anti whatever, like an example of this. And it's another polarizing thing is I don't plan on getting the vaccine for COVID whatsoever. It's a no brainer for me because I live very holistic. I just went and tried to do a natural birth with my child that lasted 54 hours until I was forced to transfer <laughs> to the hospital. And so I don't, take medication unless it's an emergency. I am grateful for Western medicine, but I also think it's overprescribed. And so it's just the way I live my life. I want to live as natural and holistically as possible. So for me, I'm healthy. I don't need to get a vaccine and I'm being thrown into a category of anti-vax, you know, or like, and it's like, and to be honest, I have a lot of questions about our vaccines doesn't mean I'm anti-vax. I just think that there's too many right now. I think that there's not enough laws protecting the people. Like I could go on and on. That's not what this episode's about, but we're being uh, in a way discouraged from ever questioning things because we're going to be thrown into a group. And this is happening in on so many levels in the world right now that then people are afraid to question and then they are just blindly obeying maybe people that might not have been trustworthy in the first place, depending on where this is happening. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, the polarization is, is pretty intense these days, it seems. Yeah. And then we, you know, the, the, the vax and no vax and the left and right political thing, it all seems to be this alignment of beliefs and you're either on either, either on one side or the other, and then you get pummeled, you know, for being on one side or the other and being, you know, very fluid, very gray. I think you, you, you are the same way that I am. You know, there's some things that I just am very open-minded about. And I had that going on during the election. Um, yeah. You know, during the election of Trump, I think I posted something on Facebook to the effect of, you know, there's value in maintaining relationships with people that have different political views because I have friends on both sides that I adore that I don't necessarily understand or agree where they're coming from politically, but they believe it. And that's our bubble of reality. And I, when I talk to them about it, I don't need them to agree with me. I don't need to be right. So I can really listen to them and appreciate their point of view. Even if it's kind of an angry point of view or a very judgmental point of view. And I've saw that on both sides. So I posted something to that effect on Facebook. This was months and months ago before the election. <clears throat> and I had people unfriend me and block me on Facebook because of it. <laughs> I feel like telling my story because the exact same thing happened to me. And that, that was part of the reason is like in the beginning of the Trump election, uh, 2016, I was very against Trump just in general, like all the reasons, all the reasons that were in the media. And that was part of the thing when, when I feel judgment, it's my trigger to look on the other side. And I was feeling enough judgment that I was like, okay, I'm going to make it my mission because especially since I have a platform, I don't want to be the type of person that's convincing somebody to go one way or another. I want to know what the views are equally. And so I spent time talking to my Republican friends and my friends that liked Trump and the friends that didn't, that were also Republican. Whereas I felt like I was more Democrat at the, that time. And by the time I came out of the all the conversations, I was like, oh, I had, I don't think I relate to either side anymore. I'm somewhere right in the middle. I don't want to feel like just because I'm against this one thing that I have to be against this other thing. They're in two different, two different areas. And that's kind of what ends up happening. But one of the other things that was really helpful for me is 
it's so easy to get into caught up into these fears of the what ifs like oh the world's going to end in a few years or this is these are all the things that this president did and it's happening with biden right now too i'm <laughs> now that i'm center i can just feel like i can criticize any president <laughs> in my mind but uh well you know it's funny that's what i grew up with my grandmother she hated every president it didn't matter she i could not tell you what her political views were because <laughs> president was evil no matter who it was with evil everything was their fault so it's kind of funny i i, I know you're not thinking that anything's anybody's fault but you're right when you're center you really don't have a pony in either race you're, you're really judging the performance of the current person in office because that's your president yeah, that's that's who's in charge. And it's, it's some of it's going to be good. And some of it's going to be not good. I have yet to see one that's perfect yet. And then when you get out of all the what ifs and all the fear factors that each side is trying to tell you, then you can actually just look at, okay, well, how was my life affected by this? And if I was actually doing an inventory of how my life was affected by the last presidency, financially, because we both, my husband and I both own businesses, we came out on top. I had to acknowledge that. <laughs> that was better for us. Our stocks were better. Uh, the downsides for me was there was a lot of division and polarity, but then it's like, well, how many of those things was because of that president or how many of the things was because of the way the media works? So you've got, you can't really blame just one thing. And then it's taking personal responsibility away. I have one friend who hated the last presidency mostly because of just the division and i'm like well how is that your trigger to blame the world for the current state or do you live your life where change on the outside starts with myself and so where do you stop or where what do you then focus on for me when i'm like oh my gosh i am really bothered by all the division in the world that is my reality check to say, where is division happening inside my own mind or inside my own being? And how can I heal that first? And a lot of times when I do, at the very least, the other division doesn't feel as amplified. Maybe it's because I feel a little bit more control. Maybe it's because I'm now focusing on unity instead of division. And so that's what I end up seeing. But so often all the things that were like, oh my gosh, this person's ruining the world or that group is ruining the world it starts with yourself first and you're seeing that because you're amplifying it in your own mind. And with those changes of how you come back to rebalance your side of this equation, it makes a bigger difference in your own reality than you think it does. Yeah, that, um, the, 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 we all create our own bubble of reality, right? It's our, our opinion, our perspective of the world is our reality and giving your power away to anyone else giving your power away to who the president is. I learned years ago not to do that. And I've always said, and it really drives people nuts that are political. I always say, I don't give politics much power in my life. I participate, I vote. Sometimes I wonder why I even bother doing that because I really don't give it much power because I have gone through enough administrations as an adult to know that my person sometimes doesn't win but my life has always been expansive, even when that person's in office. I, I've had that happen a few times. In fact, if I really tracked my life, my happiness, my financial abundance, all of that, it almost goes against the person that I vote for, it seems, because it doesn't really matter. You know, my happiness, my abundance, my health, my well being, that's all me creating my bubble of reality and what I'm attracting and what I'm aligning with. And if I want to give that power away, I can do that, but I will not do that. I'm not going to say my life is going to be a mess because the person I voted for didn't win and didn't get elected. So it's just going to ruin my life. 
Well, that's not true. You know, you can really disconnect from politics uh, in this country uh, and in any country, really. And unless you're living in, a, I do have listeners all over the world, and you may be in a more oppressive place where it really does impact you more. But in, in most countries, it's not really impacting you that much. And if you think that a tax or an incentive or some sort of a program from the government is something that you need, then you're going to create that reality. Mm-hmm. But you don't. You can, you can create your own well-being. And I know that. I've proven that to myself in my life over and over and over again, even through vibrational flow, even through adversity, even when things, because things aren't always perfect, certainly. But it's always my mindset. I can always look back and realize that, wow, I really wasn't in a good place vibrationally. And that's what caused that. It wasn't anybody else's fault. It wasn't an employer back when I had employers and it wasn't the government. It wasn't, you know, where I lived. I've lived all over the United States and I've been prosperous and I've been broke in multiple places. So, you know, it really is up to where our focus is and what we're allowing to come into our lives at that time and not depending on the government to be the solution really to anything. I know, like that is part of the reason that it pushed me more towards center when I realized most of the things I'm voting for involve more government. And when have I, like whenever I've looked deeper into our food laws, the ingredients in our skincare, like everything that's had more government control seems to go the opposite way. So for me, I just want less government. However, there are certain things, especially in the fear-based media right now, depending on what side you're on, it's like, oh my gosh, things are being pushed towards this, more government control, blah, blah, blah. I could sit there and I could freak out about it. Or or I could realize that there's no benefit in being selectively spiritual. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, so many of us that listen to a show like this realize that we chose this body that we're in. We chose this lifetime. We chose these specific hardships to enter into. And yet we are approaching all the hardships with so much resistance. Like it's going to be the worst thing in the world. Well, on one hand, say it is the worst thing in the world. Maybe the reason that I'm supposed to be here is to balance out that energy or to create some sort of change just by my life being the way that it is. There's no benefit in me sitting here spiraling in fear of these changes when on some level, I know that my soul chose this. And so if I can just remind myself, I chose this, how do I approach this knowing that I chose this, then it allows me to bring in a lot more acceptance, which then changes my vibration as I'm dealing with it, instead of creating more fear, which is the thing that I'm supposedly fighting against. Love it. Love it. Because you've got to... You've got to walk the walk, right? You know, you can't uh, have those beliefs that you're an eternal being. You're having this this life that was a, a chosen path, and then under not understand that the 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 things that are not working in your life are there to serve your expansion ultimately. And the sooner you make peace with that stuff and actually find appreciation for it, the sooner they clear up and those patterns just completely shift. And then you start moving forward. And I see people doing this and I've done this to myself as well. Then you start moving forward with this new knowing where you're crafting your own reality, but the old fear mechanisms still kick in, especially when your vibration is a little low, that stuff's got to be cleaned up too, because you will take yourself right back to where you used to be until you detune all of that stuff in your life where you're not, you're not facing things with fear. Uh, You live in California as I do. 
And there's no more heavily regulated state that I'm aware of than California. And I've lived in, gosh, I've lived in Florida, I've lived in Texas, I've lived in Louisiana, I've lived in Georgia, I've lived in Washington state. So I've moved around quite a bit in my life. And this is a very heavily governed state. And sometimes I kind of go down that path. You know, there was a time not too long ago, I was thinking, well, gosh, I'm just going to move to Texas where I'm originally from. I'm going to uh, raise alpacas out in the Texas hill country outside of Austin. And I'm just going to have my whole business out there. Uh, I want to build a stream center eventually. Uh, I call it a compound, but I'm told I shouldn't call it a compound. <laughs> I always talk about how I want to start a compound. <laughs> and people tell well, me that compound in thing. Texas has a bad connotation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. But I, want, I, I do. I want to have some sort of a place where people can come and we can do live events, you know, and stream them all over the world. Uh, you know, I don't have to travel. I, I want to do some traveling with what I do, but I don't have, want to have to do that, especially as I get older, I want to just be able to do it from where I am and have people come from all over the world to visit. That's, that's my dream. Right. And I was thinking Texas and I still might do that. Who knows? But then I realized, well, gosh, if I take fear and judgment out of the equation, where is, is the weather more perfect than Southern California? You know, where are there more beautiful places to drive a couple of hours to in any direction than Southern California? You know, it's just beautiful here. It's so incredible here. And, you know, if fear and judgment isn't part of it, then do I need to relocate to do that? You know, I can exist in this heavily governed, heavily taxed, uh, very expensive state if I'm living in abundance, which is our natural state of being, if we allow it, then my clarity came through. I'm like, you know, I, there's nothing to run from here, you know, just make peace with what is. This is, this, is, this is what's here. And there's this idea outside of California that there's this mass exodus. You know, you keep hearing about that. But every time a house goes on the market, there's, you know, so many bids on every house, all cash, way over asking. Obviously, there's still a demand for housing here in this state. There's still a demand that people want to live here because it's incredible. Mm -hmm. I know some people who moved to California because of this, and they got a better deal on renting in Santa Monica, for example, because people did leave. And so there's just as many people coming in. It might be, there might be some shifts, but I, I went through the same thing. And so we were like, do we move? And I was pregnant at the time and we did move, but we moved up to Big Bear, which has more freedoms. They, there's a different mindset up here. Most people are just involved in nature and keeping to themselves. And so it was a for me, it was more so the being surrounded by the fear mentality. I was right in downtown Santa Monica and it was just a whole different world there during COVID. And it was one of those things where it's like, I am not personally worried about getting COVID. I, I trust my immune system. I never get sick. And I, I, I know that it's going to be a very minimal thing. I will limit my time around other people. So I don't spread it, whatever that is. But for me, I, I just didn't want to live in fear. And, and the people that are around do have a, when you're surrounded by a lot of people with the same mindset that might not be yours, it is kind of hard to be in the center of it, you know, and without being influenced by it. And so for me, it was more like, well, what can I do in this moment instead of being overwhelmed with the fear or instead of feeling overwhelmed with the resistance to the fear, I'm just going to live my life and focus on the things that matter to me. And in doing that, I've had plenty of people being like, how are you just living your life? How are you doing this? And I think that's, that comes back to anything. Whereas when you're just leading by example, focusing more on yourself than how you can change the mindset of everyone around you, it ends up creating more change than you would have had if you were to be more forceful about it. 
Absolutely. I, I want to get into the mask conversation with you, but we're going to take a break real quick. We get back, we'll talk about masks to mask or not to mask and how you feel about that. And we're going to talk about your being a new mom too. We want to get into that a little bit. So we'll be right back with Melissa Monty. So have you heard our guided meditation, Source Connect? It's the most popular guided meditation that we offer. And I'm offering it to you right now for free. If you text the word AWAKEN to 760-284-7665. That's AWAKEN to 760-284-7665. You'll receive access to this guided meditation that takes you on this amazing journey to your natural source connection. It's completely channeled by the stream and backed by beautiful acoustic music by Christo Polani. In addition to that guided meditation, you also get access to our free Facebook group and other Taya tools. So text the word AWAKEN to 760-284-7665. This is only available right now in North America. So if you're outside of North America, join our free Facebook group, the Taya Practice, and you can gain access to this guided meditation there as well. Thanks for listening. We are back with Melissa Monte. So we were talking about COVID and, and I hold your same uh, point of view. You know, from the beginning, I was never worried about getting COVID. I just, just didn't think about it. Uh, I, I, what I do in my life, just like with politics, I decide if I'm going to participate in something or not. And I remember in the Great Recession of 2008, I owned a house in Florida at the beginning of that. And, you know, Florida was the kickoff of, of that whole recession. It, it sort of, that was the epicenter of it in the beginning, and then it just spread everywhere. Uh, so I owned a house during the, the housing crisis or the plummet, I shouldn't say called a housing crisis, the mortgage crisis, the plummet uh, in Florida. And I remember at the beginning of the recession, just deciding that I was not going to participate in it. And I ended up selling my house at full price for cash and the recession was already kicking off at this point. And I moved to Seattle, I got a job promotion and I ended up earning more money year after year after year during the recession. So it really showed me that I choose whether I participate in something or not. Now there were aspects of the recession that sucked because part of my job was firing a whole lot of people and downsizing the company, but still personally, my bubble of reality, I was okay. And it really taught me to be okay with creating my bubble of reality and actually not judge other people in creating their bubble of reality. So if they want to be freaked out by the recession and have that be their reality, it's not, it's not for me to try to change their mind. Let them have their experience. I'm happy to share my experience on any topic, anytime, but I'm not here to save the world from itself because source says the, the world doesn't need saving. You know, we're here for the imperfection. We're here for the, uh, the things that we consider suffering are actually serving our expansion. We just have to have a higher perspective of it. And that's what you know, this, this podcast is all about. So I apply the same logic when COVID came around, we went to Mexico. Uh, we went on a vacation to Puerto Vallarta and we were happy to go. And there were friends of ours that were just completely freaking out that we were going, you know, get home, you shouldn't be down there. It's crazy, why are you going down there? I'm sure people thought we were stupid. But we went down and had a good time. It was kind of nice to go back. This was, uh, you know, in the middle of the toilet paper shortage. And we went there and it was just kind of business as usual. And we had a good time. And then we ended up having to cut it short because things were really spiraling out of control here. And we were worried about the borders being closed. But since that time, I simply, I haven't participated in COVID and I haven't been impacted by it directly other than the fact that I still have to wear a mask everywhere I go. <laughs> And I try not to push against it, 
because I know that if I hate wearing the mask, that that's going to be a problem for me. Because if I really, you know, anything that you turn into a, anything you demonize, anything you turn into a transgressor, you're going to give it that power, right? So how are you with state mandated mask wearing? And maybe where you are, it's not so bad. I will preface this by saying that my personality is I never like being told what to do. And so <laughs> I've had a lot of resistance to a lot of things that have happened in the last year. And I've tried to look at it as these lessons are here for me. So uh, removing resistance in general, kind of trying to find the spiritual lessons behind things. But I'm completely with you on the creating your own reality. I remember in the very beginning, the first few weeks of COVID, I did just jump on board. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening to us. We all need to come together. What do I need to do? That was my mindset. So wear the mask, sanitize all the things, sort of. I, like I said, I live a very holistic lifestyle. I already didn't use hand sanitizer because I don't like putting toxic chemicals on myself, you know? So I, I was kind of balancing these two things and then realizing like, okay, well, vitamin D is really important. Breathing fresh air is really important. It seems like we're being told to do all of the opposite things that in my life make a big difference. So I had a lot of resistance to it. Part of the reason that we moved, uh, I used to walk down the street in Santa Monica and would get yelled at for not wearing a mask, walking my dog by myself. And I'm like, okay, I get it in a grocery store, but outdoors. And so for me, there was the, a lot of the mixed messages of masks don't work, masks do work. Why aren't more people questioning this? Um, or the fact that in the beginning, we were all freaked out about all of these asymptomatic super spreaders. And when the d data came out months later, it showed that largely, asymptomatic people were not spreading the virus. <laughs> so for me, if I'm healthy, I don't feel the need to wear a mask, but if it makes somebody else comfortable and I'm hanging out with them, like my cousin, for example, if I had, I hung out with her outdoors and I needed to wear a mask to make her comfortable. And so, uh, I've just been trying to, uh, navigate it in a way where I'm still continuing my beliefs of I am healthy. Other people are healthy. The world isn't dangerous. The world, <laughs> other people aren't dangerous because I'm worried. I was more worried about the beliefs that something this massive was going to create within me than I was about actually contracting COVID, like I said. And, and, uh, my aunt, my aunt-in-law did die, uh, from, with COVID. And so again, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of uh, hesitant to say she got COVID it exacerbated other issues, but she died of a stroke. And so, um, it seems to me that those that I know that were most more freaked out about it also dealt with more, uh, negative sides of it. Whereas me and my bubble of people, my other people that I know that were also comfortable hanging out without masks, were also just down to live their lives and try to scrape up our happiness as best that we could. For some reason, we were all untouched. My friend that didn't leave her house the entire time of COVID for the most part, she would quarantine her food outside her door. She did not see people for the whole year. And when she got the vac or the vaccine came out and she wrote this long social media post about how she was so uh, excited, there was a light at the end of the tunnel and psychologically she's feeling this and emotionally she's feeling this. And she ended up hospitalized for five days after the vaccine. And so I, it was just another testament to me that you create your reality. Like if you're still in the mindset of fear, even when the solution comes, you may still create something that there's still 
to be fearful of, if that makes sense. So absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And, and I, we, we were not impacted by COVID in our personal bubble either. Uh, the only, you know, there, there were inconveniences certainly, to, you know, just the, the, that everybody else experienced, but we kind of flowed through those. Okay. So the only thing for me, the last frontier for me is that we're still wearing these masks and we're kind of at that stage where, okay, you know, the, the vaccine is pretty much available to everyone that wants to get it and people that don't are choosing not to. And why, you know, when can we stop wearing these masks everywhere? Because it's, it, it, there's two sides to it and it is very fear-based and it's something that I personally have, have tried to detune and not push against because I noticed that I was really not enjoying wearing the masks. And we went, um, we had to go up to Wisconsin, uh, rural Wisconsin to, to sell a property back in November. And it was definitely what you would call Trump country. And no one were, there were no masks anywhere. We would go into restaurants and I loved it. And Michael would have his mask on. I, I always, I put my mask in my pocket and I put it on when I have to put it on. When I walk into a store or sometimes somebody will catch me in a store and say, hey, but you know, and I'm not going to ever make a big deal out of it. I don't want to make somebody uncomfortable. Fine, here, I'll put it on. So, but I pretty much carry it in my pocket. And I walked in and he was the only person in this whole restaurant with a mask on. And I just looked at him like, well, are you going to keep it on or are you going to take it out? He took it off. And we were so happy to not have masks on. <laughs> and I know I'll catch some flack for saying that, but we really were. I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. Uh, it was just like a little vacation from from the California, you know, mandated mask wearing environment that we're in. I thought it was great. Uh, so well, I had extreme nausea my whole pregnancy and the mask induced nausea. And so I didn't my husband did all the grocery shopping for a while. And then we had to fly to Michigan. And every time I put it on, I felt like I was going to throw up. I actually did throw up in my mask a little bit one time. and It was the most disgusting thing ever. And so uh, I ended up finding a mask on Etsy that was uh, sheer. So it didn't have any of the effects of me breathing in my own CO2 the whole time. And, um, and that's what I've had since. So yeah, maybe I need to find because I do the disposable and they're probably it's probably not good for the environment, right? And it's I wear the black one, because it looks cool. And then I well, get this, this, moist, which well, I get this which line of more. acne across my face from wearing a mask. You know, you can see it yeah. right now, it goes right where the mask goes, you know, I kind of get this little breakout. And I have oily skin, so it's just kind of natural for something to trigger it. But still, I think I, I you know, I've, I've held out from buying a fancy mask because I don't want to just give in to, you know, I need to have some sort of a, I just bought the box of disposables, but um, I need something more sheer for sure. Because, you know, you, you, you get out and about and you're wearing it for a while and just breathing your own air back in. And, ugh, I, I don't enjoy it. It creates mold and then you're breathing in mildew, your own CO2. You're not getting fresh air. Uh, there's plenty of downsides. And like I said, when, when it was needed, uh, when it was like, okay, this is how we're going to protect each other. That's one thing. But when apparently even the vaccinated need to continue to wear masks and social distance, then it's like, what was the point? If you want to sell people on the vaccines, you should go on TV and have somebody get the vaccine, throw off their mask and yell, I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then guess how many people would get, would immediately jump yeah, up and get I mean, the vaccine at this point, way more. We are making our choices. You're, you're either going to get it or you're not. And, and I think the stream, somebody, this, this question came up to the stream and the stream said, really, it goes back to your belief system. If your belief system is that you are going to be safe and you are cared for without it, then that's going to be your reality. If your, rea if your belief system is that you need it to be safe and you give it the power 
everything has the power that you give to it. So it really is within your belief system. The worst thing that you can do is fear the vaccine and get the vaccine. <laughs> then you're absolutely going to manifest a negative, you know, scenario from it. So the, uh, the mask thing is something that I still, I, I just really want to talk to you about that. Cause I still go back and forth on that a little bit that, you know, I, I, I actually don't go back and forth. I really don't like wearing it, but it's the not pushing against it, accepting it and appreciating, you know, this is just, you know, something that's just in my path. It's certainly not the worst thing in the world to have to wear a mask, but it's annoying at this point because now we've got the vaccine. You can get that if you want it. It's just annoying. So in our final few minutes, uh, you did recently become a mother. And how old is Bray right now? Nine weeks. Nine, so very recently became, it seemed like a little longer than that, but yeah. So let's talk about that experience. Yeah, I, it was, it was, it's been everything really. Like I was not a happy pregnancy, pregnant person, unfortunately. I mean, I was, it was, it was so amazing because uh, I had so many struggles. Like I said, I was nauseated the entire nine months, like pretty badly. <laughs> and I, it, it's just really taxing feeling sick for that long. And I'm not really used to not being mobile. I do a lot of yoga. And, and so I had a hard time not to mention we moved to get away from LA. And so moving to a new place where I don't know anybody, don't have all the conveniences as before. And then it, I was snowed in, it was hard to layer pants. So it was a struggle, but it was also my trigger where I realized I need to work on my happiness more than ever. And so I was meditating more and more regularly than ever in my life, like two to three times a day for at least 20 minutes. I was journaling a lot. I was just doing everything in my toolbox to stay afloat. And uh, I was kind of nervous about becoming a mom because I thought, well, if I'm like this when I'm pregnant, because it feels like it's limiting my freedom, what is it going to be like having a baby? Uh, am I going to have to lose the momentum of everything that I've built so far? Uh, just identity shifts in general. But I will say that when he came, uh, all of my fears were kind of wiped away. It was really a reprioritization <laughs> shift in my life where I'm like, yeah, I'm slowing down on some of the things that I built, but man, this is so worth it. And I just love him so much. And he's already just teaching me things. I can feel myself being more of a listener than I was before. Uh, whereas I have my views and I would speak my views and I I've already noticed a shift in my relationship where I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm having thoughts in my head that I'm not letting come, come out loud, which is rare for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's just been the biggest little, little blessing through all of this. And, and my friend just asked me too, because she knows how I am with the things that I believe in. And she's like, does this make you more worried about the direction that our world is going? Uh, because now there's going to be this life that's coming into it. And my response to her was oddly, no, I thought it would, but it's more like, it's so much easier to just be in the present moment with this guy and just be grateful for what I'm doing. And like the little games you play with a nine week old. So, uh, I've just been loving it so far. Well, he's adorable. I see your pictures on Instagram and he's absolutely adorable. And it seems like you're really enjoying the experience. And, you know, I, I, whenever I talk to a new mother, I always share that in, um, in the latest book, I, I have a book that we haven't published yet, the Taya Practice book. Cat, uh, my co-author of the book, who was the editor of my first book, she asks questions of the stream. And she asks something to the po a point of... Um, 
you know, why is there such an imbalance of power in the world? Why do men have so much more power than women? And the stream said, that's not true at all. You're just looking at power from a 3D perspective. Women hold the power to create new life. And that is what evens out the balance of power. And the reason men are so ego-driven because it's something that men can't do. Men, you know, <laughs> even though there's a, a, you know, a participation in the process, the actual process of producing and nurturing new life is exclusively female. And the men of the world sort of compensate for that with their ego drive of needing to create other things. I thought that was a really interesting answer. Uh, so whether you choose to uh, you know, reproduce or not as a female, that is your power. And think about how important that is in creating new life in the next generation and in the you know, continuation of the species. And we don't give it enough credit. You know, we, we do place a lot more emphasis, it seems, on like career achievements and things like that. And that that really is the balance of power. It was very interesting to, to go back and read that after I channel the answer to it. My friend always says, oh, the patriarchy is so crafty. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I see that a lot. And, and even for those that don't choose to birth a baby, I think there's something to be said about the feminine energy that we carry and, and how that balances out. And uh, I was a pusher. I was in my masculine energy for so many years in my career. And it was the moment that I actually stepped back and allowed myself to be in that feminine and receive a little bit more. That's when my career actually started taking off and it was less pushing and more just receiving. And so maybe that's the reason why I said, uh, now that I've had this baby, I feel myself being, I don't want to say the word passive because it's not really passive. It's just more open to things and, and letting other people's points of views just change me in just the right ways. It doesn't mean I need to agree with what they're saying, but I just kind of absorb it and move on and, and take it as the collective spirit of everybody. And remember, you know, we're all aspects of the divine, which means we're one mind and I'm only tuned into my own little version of it. And so now I'm trying to view being in contact with other people's opinions and, and, and whatnot as like, oh, now I've got that aspect and now I've got this one and I'm, I feel more like I'm collecting them than resisting them. And it's a really good feeling. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a source aligned perspective and I love it. And that's why I wanted to have you on because I knew that you were about that. And you, you were in our uh, summit a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I know you, you didn't, did you, uh, you got to talk to the stream, right? Yeah, I was only planning on popping in for an hour because I had the baby, but then I ended up just kind of breastfeeding while listening and, yeah. and being a part of it. And uh, I stayed for almost the whole thing. So it was lovely. Yeah, one, well, one thing we all agreed on at the end was it went by like it was like 30 minutes and it was four yeah. hours. And I'd yeah. never channeled for four hours before, but it was incredible. The energy of that was just absolutely incredible. So it was nice having you on there. And we're going to do more of those. Uh, coming up. And I can't wait to do some. We're not going to do any in-person uh, in 2021, but in 2022, we're going to do some in-person events. I know I'm going to do LA and New York and then Sydney and London, and then maybe Ooh. mix in some others. But this year, we're going to do more of the virtual. And the the energy just in the virtual environment was insane. You know, the questions were so good. And it's like this momentum built in that amount of time. I've never experienced anything like that. So I just, I love having people on that were in it to just kind of share you know, what, what their thoughts about it was, because I thought it was a very cool interaction. What I loved about it is that you, it was an escape from the polarity. Like I asked a few questions that 
ha- may have had controversial answers and and instead everyone's so supportive like i want to know the answer from source <laughs> for this also or you know there's there's just no limits to what could be asked and i really appreciate that energy especially in the times that we're living in yeah you know it's 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 i i kind of made a deal when i first started channeling publicly that I would never limit what anybody could ask or what the stream could talk about, even if it meant, you know, getting my head chopped off at some point, which isn't terribly likely, especially not in California, as long as I broadcast from here. But, you know, it, you, you can you can really upset people. But I think the stream, we, they've crafted a way of using me to communicate to where they take you on this little journey through the explanation so that it connects the dots and makes sense. And as long as you're not triggered, you know, have some sort of a, a preconceived trigger. But I think most people that have that aren't really seeking out to talk to the stream in the first place. There's not even an alignment there to to allow for that sort of thing. So thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure uh, talking to you again. It was so much fun being on your podcast. So I couldn't wait to get you back onto mine. And hopefully we'll see you on the next summit. Yeah, tell at this them how point, to, we're how basically to find your... besties. So <laughs> Yeah, but you did a live with me too. I forgot about that. You did a yeah, Facebook we've done live. Yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll keep it rolling. We'll, we'll do something else soon. So tell them how to find your podcast and, and uh, how to find you. My podcast is called Mind Love, two words. You can find it on any podcast platform. Uh, you can also go to mindlove.com. And uh, I'm really just about giving free content these days. So uh, I have a free daily inspirational email you can sign up for called the morning mind love that just helps you get started on the right note. And you can sign up for that right on the homepage of mindlove.com or text the word morning to 33777. Perfect, perfect. I do have to ask one more question. How in the world did you get mindlove.com? <laughs> I paid $1,300 for it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's not too bad. That's not it too bad. It wasn't that at all. I was actually looking at Better Human and I was negotiating down from 6K and I was like, if it goes under 3K, I'll get it. And then like I was having doubts and I'm all about domain names. I, I have a lot of domains actually. And so I was just searching different things and that was expiring and I jumped right on it. And the moment that I saw it, I was like, mind love is the name. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> that's so, that's so cool that you got that. Cause it's a great title. Uh, and it's just a, a great trademark and everything. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Love it. So it's funny. We were, uh, Kat and I were talking about we're, we are con- seriously considering launching a publishing company to publish this next book so that we're not, uh, you know, controlled by a publishing company. We, we kind of talked about that a little bit before and we'll publish other people's books as well and, and be a, a spiritual publishing brand. And we were coming up with names and right away, she said, what about streaming words? I was like, oh my God, Ooh. that's so cool. Streaming words. I went and streaming words, media and streaming words, publishing were both available for 15 bucks. That's amazing. <laughs> Nobody I had ever name. snapped that up. I'm like, that's such a cool name. And no one's ever thought of that in the, what, 20 plus years that, you know, URLs have been a thing. Very cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Write a book and we'll publish you. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you again so much for being on. Fantastic uh, talking to you with you, Melissa. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Hi, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like what we shared here today, and if it inspired you to think differently, even for just a moment, I have something that you're absolutely going to love. It's a full 90-minute masterclass where I've condensed all the knowledge I've acquired throughout the years after writing two books and helping hundreds of people change their lives. Take the action steps that I share in this masterclass 
The only place that I share this is in these masterclasses aside from my Taya Bootcamp program. And if you know our teachings, you know that we're not about rainbows and fairy dust. We are about extreme ownership, claiming the power to transmute anything in your life to something positive, claiming the power to create your life exactly the way that you dream of it. So everything that you're going to learn in the masterclass is something that you can take and apply in your life as soon as you're done watching. So just go to the streamofdavidmasterclass.com and register and take this 90 minute masterclass. It will transform your life. Again, that is the streamofdavidmasterclass.com. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, you are absolutely going to love this masterclass. Thank you again. I'll see you in class.